Good morning, everybody. Um, I want to start just by, you'll notice the pulpits here. Um, I let everybody know that this is here because that little music stand is not going to hold me up if I hit the deck because of how nervous I get. So um, that's the first thing. Uh, secondly, most of you know me. My name is Corey. Um, if, you, if you don't know me, uh, I am not the pastor. Shane is the pastor of this church. So um, if this message go south, please come back next week. Um, he, will, he will give a message next week. So, uh, But I, uh, I do think that one of the gifts that God has given us is humor. Uh, I like to laugh. I think it's uh, healthy to laugh. And so uh, like most of my messages, I'm going to start with a story. You might call it a joke. I'm going to call it a funny story. So, um, so bear with me here. A man was walking along a California beach one day. And as he peered out over the Pacific, he thought to himself, man, it'd be great if there was a bridge that spanned from here to Hawaii. My family's in Hawaii. I wouldn't have to fly if I could just drive back and see him whenever I want to. That'd really be great. So he thought, maybe I should pray. Maybe I should pray about it. Take it to the Lord. So he said, God, it'd sure be great if you could build a bridge to Hawaii so I can drive over anytime I want. To which the Lord replied, your request is not at all difficult for me. However, I finished my creation long ago, so your bridge would have to be built by mankind. Now think of the enormous challenges that this would pose, the supports to the bottom of the Pacific, the concrete and steel that it would take. It would nearly exhaust every natural resource that I've given you, not to mention the safety that's involved. I can help man do many things, but what you're asking, God, or what you're asking could for man be an impossible undertaking. I think your prayers should be directed at more personal thoughts. Try praying for wisdom or comfort. Try praying for things that are troubling you. So the man thought about it for a while. And finally he said, Lord, I pray that I could understand my wife. I want to know how she feels inside. I want to know what she's thinking when she gives me the silent treatment. I want to know why she cries. I want to know what she means when she says nothing's wrong. Lord, I would love to know how I can make a woman truly happy. To which the Lord replied, you want that bridge with two lanes or four? <laughs> in all seriousness, uh, we are going to talk about prayer today, and um, prayer is a very serious topic in the Christian life. Uh, so maybe a, a good question is how important is prayer in your life? And maybe another way to ask that question is how important is communication in your life? Because we, we communicate daily with our spouses, our parents, children, other relatives, friends, coworkers. Uh, that list goes on and on. Is there really any solid, uh, meaningful, lasting relationship that's devoid of communication? And the same can be said about a relationship with God. Anyone can say that they believe in God, but being a Christian involves having a relationship with our Savior. And in that relationship, we communicate through prayer. Now, during Jesus' ministry, he, sp he spoke a great deal about prayer. One of these instances comes from a parable in the book of Luke, chapter 18, there he speaks of a widow who, through her persistence for justice, reaped the benefits of her efforts. Jesus shared this parable to teach his disciples a spiritual lesson about prayer. Now, Pastor Shane likes to uh, talk about parables. He says parables are like cactus. He says they have sharp points, and sometimes those points might be hard to hear, but inside there's uh, refreshing, sustaining water. And I think as we dive into this parable today, I think we can, we can find some of that uh, refreshing water that he's talking about. 
Now, my, uh, my basis for the message was a study guide that we went through in our life group called Never Quit by a, a gentleman named Mark Ballinger. And in the book, Mark talks about how prayer helped him to not uh, lose heart and to never give up. And it kind of sounds cliche. I mean, whenever you're going through problems, what do, they say? what do people say? Take it to the Lord, right? I've said it. People say it to me. Um, but it's interesting how well this parable in Luke about a persistent window and an unjust, unjust judge actually explains this concept of not giving up. Uh, I know I've read through the book of Luke plenty of times. Maybe I've skimmed over this without really thinking deeply about what, the, what Jesus is saying in this parable, but uh, I think it could help us all in our prayer life. So if you have your Bibles, go ahead and open to Luke chapter 18. Uh, if you are a phone Bible person, as Shane says, let us see the soft glow of that device on your face. And uh, we'll start with verse 1. And here we read, And he told them a parable to the effect that they ought always to pray and not lose heart. And we're going to stop there because we probably shouldn't try to overcomplicate what Jesus is saying here, right? The key to not losing heart uh, is to always pray. Now, this command to pray is found throughout the scriptures, and it is a command. In 1 Thessalonians 5.17, Paul says to pray without ceasing. Ephesians 6.18 explains that as we put on the full armor of God for spiritual protection, we should do so while praying at all times in the Spirit. Philippians 4.6, one of my favorites, says that in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And Colossians 4 verse 2 says that we are to continue steadfastly in prayer. So you have four, four commands there. Pray without ceasing. Pray at all times, in everything by prayer, and continue steadfastly in prayer. So not only do the scriptures give us this command, but Jesus himself, throughout his, his time on earth, um, was constantly in communication with the Father. So what does it mean to pray always? Obviously, we can't be in prayer 24-7, right? This would be impossible. But if you look at Jesus, he modeled for us what kind of prayer life we are to live because he was not in prayer 24-7. Uh, he did not live in the desert like a hermit, in constant prayer. Rather, prayer was something that he frequently engaged in with the Father. When the Apostle Paul says in 1 Thessalonians 5.17 to pray without ceasing, the word he used uh, was also used to describe meaning, or, or sorry, uh, uh, repeating military assaults. What Paul had in mind here is the idea of attacking the enemy with prayer, regrouping, and then attacking again. So let me ask, who's our enemy? I'll tell you what, it's not the opposite political party. It's not the one who oppose our views, and it's not the ones who have wronged us. It's not the church up the street that might be different theologically than we are. It is Satan. Satan is our enemy, and I'm going to let you in on a secret. Satan hates when we pray, okay? He hates it because he wants us to lose heart. He wants us to give up, and he knows <clears throat> that there's power in prayer, and he knows that when we pray, we pray to the one who has power over him and has already defeated him. So always remember that your enemy is Satan, and prayer is our best weapon. Let's look at verse 2. There he said, In a certain city, <clears throat> there was a judge who neither feared God nor respected man. Now, I think there's a reason that Jesus makes this statement. Well, obviously, there's a reason Jesus makes this statement. But um, by describing the judge this way, he's basically saying, here's a man who breaks what Jesus says are the two greatest commandments, which are love God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. What Jesus is doing is contrasting this unjust judge with God the Father. 
The fact that the judge is dishonoring a widow in this parable only makes it more evident because the scriptures make it very clear how uh, God viewed widows, how, deep, how, how dearly he viewed uh, widows. Spiritually speaking, this passion that God has for widows could be applied to all of us in that we are all weak and we are all in need of God's protection. What we sometimes struggle to understand is how completely God really is and how much he really does care for us. The psalmists tell us that we should pray always because God is good, because his love endures forever, right? If we don't completely understand this or we think that God wants to punish us or he's simply not thinking about us, then we're probably going to lack the desire to pursue him through prayer. Understanding God's goodness is paramount to being devoted to him in prayer. There's been a lot of books written on raising children. You can go to any bookstore. You can find secular books. You can find Christian books on raising children. Um, One of the ones that we've studied in this church before is by a gentleman by the name of Dr. Kevin Lehman, and he wrote a book called Parenting Your Powerful Child, and he makes this statement. He said, children don't care what you know until they know that you care. Just like a child who might rebel against the parent because they doubt the love that they have for them, might we find it difficult to pray if we doubt God's love for us? Matthew 7:11 says that we all know how to give good gifts to our children. And then it asks the question, how much more will your Father in heaven give good things to those who ask him? What this means is simply God loves his children more than we love our children. And this is crazy because I love my kids. But to think that God loves me more than I love them, that's a, that's a love that, that only he can have. And knowing this should be motivation alone for always praying to our loving Father. Let's continue in, in verses three and five, or three through five here. Jesus says, And there was a widow in that city who kept coming to him and saying, Give me justice against my adversary. For a while he refused, but afterward he said to himself, Though I neither fear, no, fear God nor respect man, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will give her justice so that she will not beat me down by her continual coming. Jesus' illustration here is interesting in that the judge doesn't grant the widow justice. For her, he, he grants it for himself. She's persisted to the point that he grants her justice just so she'll leave him alone. Now, again, we see the contrast between the judge and God here because God's the exact opposite. God doesn't answer our prayers because we annoy him or pester him. He answers our prayers because of his grace and because it's in his character to do so and because he loves us. Unlike this judge, God actually wants us to come to him often. He wants to hear from us all the time, and he wants to speak to us. Now, unfortunately, I think sometimes we view God the same as this unjust judge, a powerful yet silent God who may or may not be listening. We pray, but sometimes we feel like God's not answering. Brothers and sisters, sometimes the answer is wait or be patient. I've been told to be patient. Sometimes God is going to let us go through trials, and that's just part of being a Christian. The scriptures tell us that. But if we're going to understand how God speaks to us, then we have to understand who God is. And to understand who God is, we need to be reading and studying the Word of God. Now, there's a movement today to, to seek, and I want to emphasize the word seek here, to seek God outside of His Word. There's a, there's a real danger in this practice because it can deny, first, it can deny the sufficiency of Scripture. And the problem when we seek extra-biblical revelation is what you're saying is that I don't believe the Bible is enough for my spiritual We have to realize that our understanding of God is always based first on his word and nothing else. The Bible makes it very clear that God listens to our prayers and speaks to us personally in our hearts through his word and Holy Spirit. This point is made clear throughout his word. 
I've picked out a few. Romans 5.5 5 says, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Romans 8.26 says, likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. Ephesians 2.18 says, for through him, we both have access in one spirit to the Father, and maybe one of the most plain ones, 1 Corinthians 2.11-13, Two, sorry, 11 through 13 says, For who knows a person's thoughts except the spirit of that person which is in him? So also no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, <clears throat> that we might understand the things freely given us by God. And we impart this in words not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the spirit, interpreting spiritual truths to those who are spiritual. God will never say anything that contradicts what he has already spoken to us in his word or through his spirit in the scriptures. This is why studying God's word is so important in our lives. One of the keys to understanding this parable is we have to believe that God is not just some unjust judge who may or may not answer a prayer because we're annoying him. The Bible's full of answered prayers, not ignored prayers. Sometimes the answer may be to wait, or it may even be a gentle no, but it is never ignored or unanswered. God speaks truth into our hearts through his word, through his spirit that he's given. If we go to verses 6 through 8, there we read, And the Lord said, Hear what the unrighteous judge says, and will not God give justice to his elect, who cry to him day and night? Will he delay long over them? I tell you, he will give justice to them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? Now, because the first words of verse 6 are, And the Lord said, Again, you see a contrast between the judge and the father. Before, Jesus is telling a story about a widow and a judge, but now you see God speak. I believe Jesus includes this in this parable to motivate us not to lose heart by telling us that the end of the story is already written. Jesus knows that one of the reasons we stop praying is because at times we do lose heart and we do lose hope. Part of what makes us human is that we have doubts, we have fears, we do have questions, and we tend to think that we're in control of our own lives. But what we need to remember is that our God is sovereign and he is in control. And, and this is a big and, he's already written the ending. This book is not a suspense novel, okay? It's not the first in a series where it leaves a cliffhanger at the end. We know the ending. When Jesus returns, justice will be served. And trust me, you want to be on the right side of that justice, okay? But let's look closer at verse 8 here because it's really interesting. It says, will the son of man find faith on the earth? And this was this one I, I struggled with a little bit, but um, people define faith many ways. You hear people say, I have faith. That's good. Faith in what? Um, I think uh, scripture defines scripture. And in this case, scripture defines faith the best in Hebrews 11.1, 1, where it says that faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not yet seen. What this means is faith is an active trust in the future promises God has already accomplished, but that we cannot yet see. Now, if you'll notice in our, in our scripture today, the word persistence is never actually used. We see the phrase pray always, and that phrase, I guess, is normally associated with the word persistence, but the word uh, is actually just a title that, that Bible editors have, have used to give a, par or a header to this parable. We see this title and we think persistence is the key. And while I believe persistence is important, I believe that persistence is useless if it's not grounded in faith. Jesus is telling us that true faith is our reason to pray always and not to lose heart. Faith that is grounded in the promises of God 
We have to understand that when we pray, God hears us. However, the manifestation of his answer may take a while, maybe a minute, an hour, a day, weeks, years, or years. And remember, 2 Peter 3 verse 8 tells us that God's timing is not our timing. For us, God's timing often feels like a long, desperate delay, but God's timing is perfect, and it does two things. One, it grows our faith as we're forced to wait and trust in God. And then two, it makes certain that he and he alone gets the glory and praise for pulling us through. So let's summarize some of what we learned from this parable. It teaches us that we should pray always to not lose heart. We should pray always because God is good and wants to hear from us and speak to us. We should pray always because God is in control of everything and his promises are for our eternal blessings. It shows the importance of not just persistent prayer, but faithful prayer. And it shows that we serve a good, just, and powerful king who is in control and knows and will do whatever's best for us. And just in, in a short closing, I, I do want to say one more thing about this widow in this parable because I'll ask the question, why a widow? Why not any woman? Why, why does she have to be a widow? I think he had very direct intention in using a widow because, you see, widows at this time would have been completely helpless in what, it, what was a male-dominated society. History shows that widows weren't even allowed to be in a courtroom unless there was a male who could plead their case. So she had no hope to gain justice. Her only hope was to badger this judge, and she was completely helpless. What she needed was an advocate to plead her case before the judge. Jesus is pointing out that we are all widows who are as powerless spiritually as this widow was physically. Does this kind of sound like a gospel? We were all totally helpless as widows because we were all dead in our sin, we were separated from God, and what we needed was an advocate just like she did. Now, she didn't have that advocate, so she just annoyed the judge until he gave her justice. She was able to do this because he was an unjust judge. Nobody's ever going to badger or barter their way back to a just God. 1 John 2.1 tells us that Jesus is our advocate before the Almighty Judge. Jesus is the only one who makes us right before God. Our salvation is grounded on this truth and nothing else. Just as the widow remained unjustified without someone helping her, we will remain unjustified before God without believing in the work of Jesus on the cross. Spiritually, we were all dead until Jesus gave us life. The clear, the clear message of this parable is that we should never give up in our prayer life. We should never give up praying because we've been made righteous before God the Father through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We should never give up praying because we've been indwelled by the Holy Spirit to guide us in our prayers. And we should never give up praying because our prayers are grounded in the promises of a God who is all-knowing, all-powerful, who loves us and will always be there for us. Jesus' sacrifice made us right with God. Let's not sit idle with doubts and questions. Let's pray always and do so with confidence. A um, couple things I want to share with you. One, um, recently uh, I had a prayer that I had prayed for a long time, and this prayer was about somebody very special in my, in my life. And... As I prayed, there were times when I felt like giving up. And in, in God's own way of doing it, not only did he answer that prayer, um, but he answered another one, a prayer uh, for myself with some struggles that I had. And so um, my message to you is don't give up, okay? I know sometimes we lose heart. Um, we think God's not listening, but he's listening and he's answering and he's speaking and he's saying, sometimes he's saying, just wait, be patient, but God is listening. So a little, a little thing I want to do at the end here, um, I'm going to ask everyone to pray, and I'm going to ask you to pray to yourselves, but not for uh, prayers for uh, somebody or 
or something. I, I want you to pray for yourself. I, what I want is, uh, I want everybody to pray that God would help them in their prayer lives. The Spirit, if you've accepted Christ, you have the Spirit of God in you, and that Spirit will help you in your prayer life. I, I want everybody to pray for that. I'm going to give everybody about 30 seconds or so, and then I'll, I'll close us in prayer. But let's, let's let hear God, let's let hear God, let's let God hear all of our voice once in unison, pleading with God to help us in this prayer life where so many of us uh, might be doing good, so many of us struggle, myself included. Um, let's lift our voices in unison to God now and pray that the Spirit would empower us and embolden us to pray faithfully. Let's pray. Oh, Father, we do, we do lift this request to you. Lord, we pray that... Uh, our communication with you would be better, Lord, that we would go to you throughout the day. We would go, go to you always, Lord. Uh, Lord, we know that when we give a little bit of time to you, it's like one of our kids giving a little bit of time to us, Lord. It, it hurts us. And Lord, we, we don't, we don't want to hurt you in this way. We pray that your spirit would just empower us to be in constant communication with you, whatever that may look like, Lord. That doesn't necessarily mean going to uh, a separate place to pray, Lord. We can pray to you throughout the day, wherever we are, Lord, uh, we just pray for a, a confidence to do so because of the faith that we have in your amazing love, with the, the trust that we have that you're in control no matter how dim things may look. And Lord, we know that uh, uh, you love us. You want what's best for us. You, you have the plans laid out for us. And Lord, we just pray that our faith could help and bolden us. Uh, we pray that your spirit would do, do that. We love you. We thank you. And we always lift these things to your son, Jesus.